You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesti, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gilleary. Paul, it's uh, still incredibly hot here in Southern California, although I think it's probably cooler where you are. It is, yeah. Low to mid-80s, I think, is what uh, what I experienced down in lovely La Jolla. But, um, you know, where, where, where I'm living is not in La Jolla, so... A little, a little further north, um, and it, it was uh, probably closer to like I don't know, eighty-five or eighty-six, probably around. Uh, well, it was about one hundred and five today. No, oh, that is just absolutely it, so. I apologize in advance if you can hear a slight hum in the background. No, you know, podcast. today we got up to ninety-four. Oh, good me. for you. We got up to ninety-four. Uh, I've got two fans on me, so uh, we'll see. Hopefully, there's not there's not a hum in the background, but if there is, that is why. And so I don't die in the middle of recording this. So um, before we get into it, I do want to give a big congratulations to El Segundo Little League for winning the Little League World Series in walk-off home run fashion over Curacao. Woo! They're like 15 miles away from us, or for me. <laughs> yeah, a little, little representing Southern California. Yeah. How about that? Uh, hat tip to those little guys and yeah. and, and gals. Are there, are there any? Uh, I don't think there's any gals, but no. I, it, well, they, what was the the young lady? She was a pitcher. Oh, I remember. Quite yeah, a yeah. For her nails, her, herself oh a few years ago. Little, you're uh, you're battling my memory here. Yeah, it's all right. We'll come to it. Well, but, uh, to those yeah. kiddos, we salute you. They had a, they had a parade today in El Segundo. Oh, I bet. Which is great, you know. And walk off. That, by the way. Not to get too sidetracked here, but they were up five to one in the fifth inning. By the way, there's only six innings in Little League Baseball, if you didn't know. And in the fifth inning, Curacao tied the game at five with a grand slam. Unbelievable. And then the, and then in the sixth inning, they won with a walk-off home run. Oh. Just the, the theatrics. That kind of stuff goes down in the, in the memory book. It yeah. really does. I can tell you, just because my daughter's played four seasons of Little League. And mm-hmm. uh, for those of you listening, if, if you have kids, um, you know, highly recommend getting them into some form of team sports, just the camaraderie, the memories, the, yeah. the celebrations, uh, wh- wh- whether you're winning together or you're bonding through, through losing together and just, you know, fighting to come out of the, out of the pit, you know, it, it's, it's an unbelievable character building experience. And uh, the memories for, uh, for, for you as a parent are priceless, but definitely very formative experiences. For I was the watching kids. the, uh, the reactions from these parents are in tears or hugging each oh, other. Man, and it's like, yeah. yeah, I was in tears. My daughter's little league team before we, we moved, they won the, the championship. That's right. For their that's division. Right. Remember? Yeah. So How I mean, that? I was in tears, you know, and that, that's, it's about as local as it gets. So, well, uh, I'm glad that we could um, regale you with three minutes of, you know, children playing sports, but I had to say <laughs> that because, you know, they're, they're, they're close by to us. So, you know, they are, they how often does that happen? Um, Welcome. Uh, those of you who have been around the block a few times with us, welcome back. I, I know there's a few new um, followers on social and therefore followers of the show itself. So, uh, hey, welcome. Welcome to uh, the tent of uh, 
the State of Love and Trust podcast. Yeah, we are uh, thrilled to have you. And I imagine that you arrived here because you heard somehow through another's fruitful feeding of that algorithm. Mm. Someone rated, reviewed, and subscribed to this podcast, which in turn inspired you to do the same thing. So we are thrilled to have you, and we urge you to please carry the torch forward by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your platform podcast. Wait a minute. Podcast platform of choice. So, yeah. There you go. I'm a little Something rusty. Like a little, little rusty with my, my spiel. Um, you know, if you feel like becoming a patron, you can just uh, go ahead and get into the links in our bios of anything and uh, and become one. There's extra tidbits, the most recent of which was uh, the extended uh, conversation with Lance Mercer. So the extra 12 minutes of Lance is available now to patrons and other bunch of goodies only to them. So again, if interested in that, you can find us there. And if not, we welcome you here and, and under the tent and uh, we'll move on now. And um, I got to say, we are on the cusp of the brink the threshold of a new tour we're just days away moments away it's only nine dates five cities but it's a tour it's live pearl jam it's live pearl jam and and what is in addition to the music jason yeah what are two things that almost every pearl jam fan associates with tours and, and perhaps more importantly loves almost as much as the music itself well, you know, I, I I know where you're going with this, and yeah. it's merchandise. It's it's more specifically T-shirts and posters. And yes. you know, we reached out to our social media and we asked, "Hey, veterans, what would you want to tell people who are going to a show this time around for the first time?" We had some people come out and say, "Hey, I'm bringing my son, or bringing my friend, and they haven't come before. And I've seen the band twenty times, or whatever it is." And people said, you know, it's a great community. You're going to, you're going to meet people from all over the place and they're going to be super cool. And you're going to recognize immediately you're a part of this family, just like you are a part of this podcast family. And that's all great and well. And you're going to learn the lyrics. And if you don't already know them, but there's also this whole thing about merch and the posters are sought after and the t-shirts are sought after. And so we figured, you know what? Let's go ahead. I mean, listen, there's a friggin' million options here, and we're going to forget some. But off the top of our heads, in recent memory, we're going to give you our five favorite T-shirts and five favorite posters of all time. That is hard. I'm looking at my shortlist right now, Paul, and there's like 25 posters. (laughs) And there's more than I'm forgetting. That that, that was difficult. Question, though. For those listening who can't see these wonderful amazing posters and t-shirts will there be a follow-up for our good listeners to to have a visual component to this conversation oh you, you led me perfectly so uh yeah on instagram and on twitter we will post our top five um posters and shirts for you to uh it was a simul simul uh next simul casting it's um a two-screen experience i guess yeah. oh, really, i guess there's no screen but it's a two media experience so um if you're listening to this now go check our instagram go check our twitter find the post that has all these bad boys and you'll be able to uh, watch along as we describe these beautiful pieces of art um because i know this is an audio only format but listen this stuff is sought after yeah this is is this wonderful it's not our first interactive experience no but uh it's 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 in that bucket 
the first interactive, I think, or the most recent one, at least, is uh, Lance Mercer talking about some of his most famous and iconic photos. That's on our Patreon. But never, anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, okay, so I'm super stoked. Uh, we're like three days away, four days away from St. Paul, Minnesota. First show on the 31st, Thursday. 48 hours, actually. Oh, my God. So, Paul, let's kick it off with our top five shirt choices. What are the what are your top five? Give, give me give me number five uh shirt. Oh god, I've got to go music for rhinos here. Mm. Yeah, I got that shirt for my daughter. And uh, you know, she she was supposed to wear like a conservation shirt for for something. And mo- most of the kids to this particular school event were wearing uh, like t-shirts that they got at the zoo and, and all very appropriate attire. But this shirt, I thought, well, this is, this is perfect, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. she had another shirt from the zoo, which is great, by the way. Uh, it shows a picture of a rhino and it says, save the chubby unicorns, which I thought was <laughs> just brilliant. Um, but th- this runs a close second in the, uh, the catalog of epic rhino t-shirts. So, <laughs> uh, first Christmas single, if I recall, had a picture of a rhino on it, yeah. on a sleeve, uh, the B-side ramblings. And uh, Eddie said something about, you know, being a rhinoceros. I forget what the quote was. I'd have to look it up. But, uh, you know, this this image eventually made it onto some Pearl Jam shirts. And I, I thought the Music for Rhinos t-shirt was a, a lovely callback to uh, a bygone era of Christmas singles, first of all. Yeah. Also, just the, the the randomness that is Pearl Jam sometimes, which I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that's one thing I did notice going through some of these shirts is like, man, they're, they just kind of just plucked images sometimes and just made it work for him yeah and the uh music for Rhino shirt i got for my oldest son as well we uh we both have one in the household yeah i like that choice uh let's see here my fifth choice is gonna be probably the seattle supersonics logo spinoff it's um it's green if you remember the old sonics logos like the skyline of seattle with like a like a a half circle uh on the top with like the basketball lines and and that was a very iconic. If you guys know basketball, you know that the Seattle Supersonics were a really cool team to root for. Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, um, Detlef Shrimp, if I can call back to the 90s a little bit. <laughs> and then they moved. They moved to Oklahoma City, and that's a real bummer. Um, and not many people remember that Kevin Durant's first team was the Supersonics before he traveled with the team to Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. They they did a, a a version of it where it was Pearl Jam with that logo, and I thought that was brilliant, especially considering how much Jeff and and Ed love basketball. Right, right. And you know, you'd see like the starting lineup figurines on Jeff's base amp. Like they mm-hmm. loved basketball and stories of Jeff getting pissed and going out and slam dunking as hard as they could outside of the studio. And so basketball and Pearl Jam have always been a thing. Obviously, duh, Mookie Blaylock, he was a guard for the Nets. Um, at the time, in the early '90s. So basketball, Pearl Jam, very intertwined, and I thought that this was a nice little tip of the cap to that. And a cool logo, cool color scheme, kind of unique. Most band T-shirts are black. This one's not. So yeah. I think uh, I like that at number five. Yeah, that's a solid choice for me. Coming in at four, I'm going to the uh, Avocado Tour, oh. 2006. Uh, one of the coolest, very minimalist designs that I saw. Uh, I think it's like the was it like the surfboard design? It was a black mm-hmm. shirt, yeah, and it had uh, pearl going horizontally and jam going vertically. Over it was like a surfboard like crucifix or something. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It almost looked like if you were looking underneath at a surfboard, 
uh, which is what you know when, when sharks come after surfers, where they, mm-hmm. they think they're seals. They literally had that like that that kind of uh, shape to it. Um, but I, I just thought it was such a, a cool design because you're looking at it, and you know you have to like really focus on it for a second to to pick out pearl and jam embedded within the design. And I, I always appreciated whenever uh, the band's able to kind of weave their name into kind of like a a cool shape. It's uh, reminiscent for me of uh, some some early E.E. E. Cummings poetry where he would kind of play around with stanza shapes in order to kind of, uh, you know, use use the form itself as a way to communicate something, whether it's tone or theme. And um, I thought they did a really nice job with that there. So big, big I like fan that of that choice, shirt. man. Yeah. And I like the E.E. Uh, e. e. Cummings shout on, on yeah. using the, uh, the physical nature of the word. Um, yeah. I believe that was a Brad Clausen design. Our buddy Brad. Yeah, I, I don't know. It might be. I'd be curious he made to... a lot of that stuff from was it 2000, 2008, something like that. He was. Oh, the we'll art we'll guy, be talking so... Brad at some point when we get into those posters. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, number four is gonna be. Oh, this is so hard. Uh, I'm gonna go with the "Don't Give Up" shirt. Uh, the two rings uh, together, almost like the Venn diagram kind of thing. Oh, okay. Red Pearl Jam across the top text and then the bottom and just like the little white script. Um, don't give up. I think it's very simple, but I think that it represents a lot about what the band was pushing back in the, and still does, but in back in the day when people needed to hear that, because it implies that whole like leash line of mm-hmm. uh, I'm lost. I'm no guy, but I'm by your side. We can yep. do this together. Hence the linked circles. And don't give up. Things are hard, but don't give up. Don't give up. Um, I love that persistence. I love the the hope, the audacity of hope, if I can quote a former president. And I just think it's it's a, sometimes this most simple thing is the most appropriate thing. And I think it said a lot with just three words and a couple of circles. So I love that shirt. That's a great call, my friend. Great call. Oh, boy. Let's see. For me, I think I'm going riot act here. I love Ooh. the uh, the green skull with the oh, crown. Oh, I love on that it. one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, had that one for a while. Oh, yeah. It, I never never got my hands on that one. I mean, you can still find them on eBay and yeah. uh, you know Amazon and whatnot. But Speaking I just like the the, the 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 green look to it. Um, it that was the green disease me. shirt. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the green disease shirt to it. But um, long time ago, this is early '80s. Walt Disney released something called a Disney Halloween. And it was a special on TV. Very hard to find these days. But uh, there, there's two versions of it. It's got these dancing skeletons. One hmm. version, I think it was like 82, the skeletons were uh, were orange, I think, while they were dancing. And then they they re-released it, I think. And they, they came out as green for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. But I always think of that whenever I, I see that. So it's it's kind of like one of those Halloween shirts that's not a Halloween shirt. you oh, know. Yeah. And uh, I'm leaving the Halloween shirts off of this, this list, believe it or not. Um, there's some good just, ones. There, there, there's some great ones, but I think that would be its own kind of, you know, what are your top three Halloween shirts? You know, how many uh, do they have those? Like 10, eight? Oh, they might. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I own like four, I think. And I, yeah. I want to say they have been doing it for like, three or four years before that. So yeah. okay. there, there's enough where we could do like a, a cool, you know, yeah. what are your top two or three Halloween shirts segment? Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll What's put that up? in the can for October. Yeah. Coming up. Um, all right, so number three for me, this is gonna it's getting really tough. Um I'm gonna go, maybe this is controversial. I'm gonna go with Stickman here. Oh. I think Stickman is incredibly iconic 
And I, listen, I can already hear you guys yelling at me. How the hell is this not number one? <laughs> listen, it is the iconic Pearl Jam shirt. It's the one everybody, if you don't know anything, mm. you know that shirt. They, they turned it into a pride shirt. They turned it into like a like an inverse color purple version a few uh, a few years ago at Ohana Festival. Like there are variations of it. There's this. It's been it's been like ripped off and resold on like those like dicey websites for years. You know the 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 fake set list. But wait, it's a fake set list. Good to know. Fake set list on the back is like super thick, and so you get your back sweats because it's like a giant. You know, it's just. It is the shirt. You go to a Pearl Jam concert, you're going to see that more than any other shirt is my guess. Most and likely. I, and I love it. And I love the Jeff design. And it's the first real piece of art that anybody would ever associate with the band. And I love it. But? But, but there are two other designs that do a little bit more for me on an emotional level than this one. Maybe if the back was wasn't a fake set list, a giant piece of you know paper, because um, the front is fantastic. Yeah, it's I good. Think, I, I think I think maybe that is throwing me at just a touch. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's hard because like one through three are like one A, B, and C. You know, that's how close they are. But yeah, yeah, stick, yeah. I'm, I'm going Stickman. Stickman number three. I know I'm feel I can feel the hate. I can feel it like just like permeating my headphones right now in in reverse osmosis. But uh, yeah, I'm going three. What do you think? Uh, well, let me share my number two first. How about that? Number two for me. Um, we're going to Backspacer. It's the okay. astronaut in space. No kid, oh, the, dr- the drummer. Yeah, the yeah, astronaut drumming oh, in space. Man. I, I just think it's. Such a, a a cool concept, right? The idea of uh, you know man driven to to the great frontier of space, and uh, uh, this idea that music is always the anchor that keeps us grounded to where we came from and who we are and what we are, uh, and the the idea you know of playing drums in outer space where there's no gravity or sound. I just thought was you know like you might look at that shirt and be like, does he realize that? <laughs> it's like yeah. That's, no that's hear those drum sounds. No, I, but that's the beauty of it, though, right? Um, I don't know. There's, there's just something so interesting and creative about the shirt, and it's not about like a, a play on words. It's not, you know, like trying to be cute with a name or you know, like some kind of an interesting or uh, you know, unique design. It's just it was it was conceptual. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I, I just love the idea that, uh, you know you're out in outer space and it's like, what's, what's the one thing you want to listen to when there's, there's literally the absence of all sound and it's gotta be Pearl Jam. So there you go. <laughs> it's a great shout. That's a great shout. Um, uh, I, I had not, I, I did think of that one and I was like, Ooh, it's cute. I like it, but does it, does it break a five for me? It's, yeah, it's out, yeah. it's out, it's out there. If I can. It's definitely that. out there. That's <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. Number two for me, I'm going to go back to 1998. It is the ape man with the machine gun. Oh, okay. It's basically like the yield tour. Uh, it's a basically just a, a yellow silhouette of an ape man holding a giant machine gun. Um, yellow Pearl Jam text on top, red shirt, bright red shirt and on the back are all the cities uh, from that, from that tour. Um, it holds a lot of sentimental value for me because that was my first tour. Um, 
I own that shirt and still do. It barely wow. co- it okay. barely comes out to see the light of day because it's just so worn. That um, would make sense then. But I think it's one of my favorite, not to get, get too ahead of myself, but it's one of my favorite poster designs as well uh, from that tour. Um, the, off the top of my head, I can't think of which one it is. I was looking at them today, actually. And I just really always thought that that was just a great design. You know, Do the Evolution is built right into that motif. Um, it got me thinking about, you know, Planet of the Apes and, you know, that's legendary. And then we got the eight man bootleg series two years later. So it kind of preceded that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just thought a number of ways it, and I love, I love a tour shirt that has all the cities in the back. I'm always a sucker for that. It's like a moment okay. in time kind of thing. And, uh, I just, I just love it. I think it's a brilliant, again, it's simple, but it says a lot in the one thing that it does. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the eight man with a gun on the, from the yield tour. That's a solid choice. I like that personal connection. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, no personal connection here with this one. I'm going okay. stick man number one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's it's just because it's 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 this indelible image that when you see it, you 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 just think you don't just think of Pearl Jam. You think of a, a time in your youth yeah. that um, was shared with so many people, and I think the reason I I can't pick um, I can't do what you did. Uh, or, or I shouldn't say I can't. What what makes it more challenging for me to do what you did and pick a, sh- a shirt from a specific show or a specific uh, tour that is is very personal for me, I think, is that um, I have trouble like sharing that with everyone else. Whereas I feel that the number one shirt should probably be, for me anyway, something that is is communal. Because so much of what the band is about is communal. And mm-hmm. uh, I think so much about what this podcast is about is communal. And I think that shirt represents that idea perfectly. So for me, this, the stick man, I think, is uh, you know emblematic of, of all that Pearl Jam is and stands for. No complaint from me. It, it, that's exactly why it deserves to be up there. Um, my number one choice is choices. Uh, the photo uh, the that Lance, the, yeah. yes, uh, Lance yeah. Mercer photo, little girl with a with a toy revolver with a bo- box of crayons in front of her. And the only reason that didn't make number one is I have a hard time wearing that shirt. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah, I yeah. don't wear it very often either. Um, and not only does it have that in the front, but on the back it says nine out of ten kids prefer crayons to guns. Yeah, I think about that shirt and how it's been around for a little over thirty years. It's still quite relevant. It still mm-hmm. says so much. The image is still so captivating. Yeah. Um, if you want to add a, a personal connection, now I know on a personal level the guy who took the photo and learned how the whole thing went down. And like, it's just it's it's one of those shirts that it's probably top two or three most commonly seen shirts at a concert. I would think. Um, okay. But it's it says so much about what the band stood for, not only with the imagery on the front, but then it it complements that with the you know the the fake factoid on the back to reinforce it. And right, so it was right, double right. whammy for me, which is why Stickman was so great for exactly why you said. But on the back, it, it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't complete the circle. No, no, it doesn't. I it hear was. you on that one. So. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe I could, maybe I could move stick man to two, but I, I just think that artwork from eight man is just really, really cool. Uh, but yeah, choices, choices. Oh my God. If you don't know, uh, you, you, now, you know, and it's, um, <laughs> it's just super, super epic and what a shot. And the fact that it's still relevant is really unfortunate, but, um, Hey, how many times, it, how many shirts is the band reissued? Basically, stick man in this. Yeah, it's true. So there you go. What do you guys think? What did we get wrong? I'm sure there's a lot of really cool tour specific shirts. I, me- I mentioned one um, that yeah. are out there. I mean, I got. I, three I or couldn't four go them. with any of the sports ones just because the, they're all so interesting. It's, it's almost like you'd have to pick whichever, you know, whichever one. Like, if, if I was a Seattle Mariners fan, for example, I mean, that's an easy pick. Or oh, if yeah, I'm yeah, a, yeah. you know, Cubs fan or a Boston Red Sox fan or something, you know, but. Uh, the baseball shirts, the basketball shirts, those, uh, that, that, that was a cool series. I think, uh, me being a Giants fan. Oh, back in like, oh, nine, you're saying, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I never, I would have loved to have gotten one from, from like a San Francisco team. I don't think they, I don't recall if they did one for, for, uh, San Francisco teams. They did, uh, yeah, they did Lakers, they did Dodgers. Yeah. It might've been like Warriors or something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Those were pretty cool. I remember like, because they did four shows, at the Gibson here, every night we we're like, oh my God, what other sports team are they going to do? Like it was kind of invigorating. It was as invigorating to like walk up to the merch table and see which, <laughs> which shirt they did and which sports team they did. Yeah. As, as much as it was the poster in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a yep. lot of fun. I remember us walking through City Walk just to try and see what they had going on. Um, there you go. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Give us your shout for your favorite tour shirt over the years or just favorite Pearl Jam shirt in general. There, like, there are, so many so many more these are what came to mind for us um but that's only half the battle like i said posters oh my sweet jesus i remember posters are, were 20 bucks not anymore no <laughs> i think they're 40 or 45 bucks now and i think they're 45 last i checked yeah uh listen we were fortunate enough to have a chat with brad clausen get some perspective from him uh I will continue to bang down the Ames brothers door to get them on the show at some point <laughs> would be great. There's plenty of other amazing artists and I've learned so much more kind of reading through that Ames brothers book that they put out a number of years ago. Um, some other artists that are in there kind of are, I should say under their umbrella uh, that have made some of the, the, the posters that have been so indelible over the years. Like when you, when you think Ames brothers, you think of like, Oh, it must be just a couple of guys. Well, there's like seven or eight, people who are who are in that world in that company designing yeah. stuff and wow some of these people just put it's, out it's bangers. mind-blowing it's art bangers. It's a, yeah so there are i mean in theory there's 30 plus years of posters but the first four to five years there's very very few actual event posters um 95 you had basically one with color variations 96 there's a few more and so on and so forth it wasn't until like 2000 Maybe 03, really, where there's one almost every single show, if not every single show. And obviously, right. since then, there's been one, if not multiple, for um, every show. So many to choose from. Uh, this was very, very difficult, and I'm probably going to change my answers tomorrow. No, as yeah, it stands, easily. Paul, <laughs> what, uh, what would be your, your fifth choice all time? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Wrigley Field. August uh, 20th, 2018. I don't know if you could see that one there. Oh, yeah, with the, with the multiple the, arms. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a ba- baseball one, and uh, it was a batter, and uh, his arms basically extend like Mr. Fantastic <laughs> from Marvel uh, in all these different directions, and then somehow weave around his body to hold the bat in what looks like the perfect position. So it's almost like he's tangled up in webs uh, or, or um, tubes or something before you realize th- those are his arms. Um, and I just, I always love the the symbolism of the, first of all, I love baseball, right? But yes, I always love the symbolism of that shirt as well. Just being something that, uh, you know, sometimes we get in our own way, you know, and uh, our, our uh, and honestly, I, I think hitting a major league pitch, like a, a major league fastball or a major league, it, it, it's, or, or a breaking ball, it's one of the hardest physical acts to perform. Dude, I was abysmal in high school trying to hit a curveball. Abysmal. Yeah. Oh my God. It's awful. just, it's, I mean, so the, the guys that do it and do it well are, you know, we, it's funny. We, we started the show talking about the little league world series and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, you know, it comes back around again here. So for me, uh, that, that show is probably number five. I like that one. Uh, do you know who, who made that one by chance? I believe, um, it was Andrew Fairclough. Okay. Fairclough. I think. It, uh, August, 2018, right? It is August eighteenth, two thousand eighteen. August eighteenth uh, through the twentieth. So I think I, I believe this particular show is. It says Wrigley Field eighteenth and Monday the twentieth. So I yeah, think it was did, kind of like I think they did multiple um, posters for the two shows, and I don't think either one of them was like associated uh, right, with with right. a show per se. Um, I remember when I went to Fenway uh, in 2016, they did the same thing. They had, I think they had four posters for two shows. And I was, I was like, I'll pick two um, yeah. to represent those two shows. Um, my number five choice, again, this was incredibly difficult. And you're probably going to get mad at me for putting this here. It's this one by our friend Frank Kozik from 1992 oh, in Houston. <laughs> the, the very pretty lady moaning in ecstasy. You can't see anything below the old uh, collarbone line there. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Double Bill in Houston, Texas, 1992. Um, at the Unicorn. Uh, fun story about this poster. Uh, as cool as it was, I, I, I always forget about those beautiful arm tattoos. Um, so my wife is a real estate agent, and uh, she was selling a house, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half ago, and sent me a picture of a post, a framed poster, and said, is this, is this a special poster? And it was this poster. Uh, and I said, uh, yeah. Can you ask the people whose house it is if they're open to selling it? <laughs> and uh, I don't think they knew exactly what they had in their hands, but they knew that it was like something they should probably hang on to. So as far as I know, they still have it. But I, w- I was really hoping I could be like, oh, I'll take it off your hands. You want like 80 bucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. But that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Frank Kozik's uh, beautiful lady with the um, tribal tattoos, Soundgarden combo poster yeah frank kozik beautiful by the way that, that shows you how strong these posters are that i put that at five yes yes all right four what do you got uh you know man um it, it's it's probably my favorite poster but it's the one that you have to be strategic about it it's it's in the same bucket as, as frank kozik it's it's the uh the one from italy oh right it's very so, similar it, it's the same woman right except right. it's it's full exposure though yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. down to her waist it's n- november 12th 1996 uh uh palace sport in uh in italy and uh 
she has no tattoos on this one. And I just, uh, this, there, there's something about just, it had like the free spirit of the sixties feel to mm-hmm. it, you know, but without yeah. the tie dye and the, and those colors. Um, I always love like the, the green tones and the turquoise that, you know, the muddy turquoise in there. And I have this poster. It's framed, beautiful, beautifully matted. Uh, this one has always been um, one that I thought was was cool. It was very Italian and European in its sensibilities mm-hmm. in the sense that they're just like, you know, why did they cut it off here? We're just going to do the whole thing. Just, <laughs> just show the beauty of the woman. Just show the beauty of the yes. woman. Uh, so, yeah, you know, th- this particular poster I thought was um, very, it was tasteful. You know what I mean? And um, I thought that if you're going to do something like this, do it tastefully. And uh, I thought that they they did a really nice job taking this iconic image and finding a way to to, to artfully reimagine it a little bit. And so always been high on my list. So that's, that's uh, what, what, what town, Italy? What city? It was Rome, I think. Yeah, Roma. Palace Sport in Rome. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, okay. Number four, I'm going to go with a poster from 2006 by our Fred, Fred, by our friend, Brad Clausen. It's Toronto. Remember this one? Oh, that's a good one. It's like, the, I have um, that one. Well, it's got the dragon on top, this big blue and black dragon. And it's looking over, uh, it's not Rorschach. What, what do you call the, oh, it's like an MC Escher type room. It says Pearl Jam on it, but you can't tell what the perspective is. And there's all kinds of really cool Easter eggs inside it. Like there's a severed hand, there's a wedding ring. I remember Brad was telling us about this specific poster, and it it, it caught my ear, my memory. Like um, it came back in my memory when I was looking for through all these posters, and I go, "This one is so brilliant!" Like I think that's um, uh, Pete Townsend and a painting on the wall. Like, I love the Easter eggs portion of this thing. It's just so creative and the color palette is amazing. Um, yeah. And if I recall correctly, this Toronto show is very good. So that also helps. So yeah, yeah Toronto 2006 um, by Brad Clausen. So I think, uh, what are we on three here for me? Three. Yeah. So three for me, I'm going to go um, the Heineken jam and festival, Venice, Italy. This is uh, July 6, 2010. It, it's in Ames brothers here. Oh yeah, that one's really that cool. One. Yeah, so yeah, cool. The, um, the Viking on a horse holding an an axe, which was a guitar. But I love the idea that it was, you know, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a force, it, it a force a, of uh, war. A, uh, a right, <laughs> it, it just like battling this this dragon. It just was just a metal poster, you know. It's just <laughs> it's just a cool. There's been a few metal like poster. metal style po- I think Brad's done a couple of them actually. Yeah, he did. The yeah, one, right? yeah, that which is one of the best. Yeah, yeah. and. um this particular one, I always, I think I always liked it because, you know, growing up, my dad had all these Iron Maiden posters mm. in the garage, you know, and, uh, does he still have I, those? Uh, well, no, not anymore, oh. but uh, he still has the posters. That's what I'm saying. From back in the, oh, yeah, he still, I'm pretty sure he still has the posters. Amazing. Um, oh. but they're not up in the garage anymore it, 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 since we, he, he moved a couple 20 something years ago, but, uh, what I love about uh, this particular poster, though, is it just it brings me back to you know seeing that kind of stuff on there, you know. And when when you're a kid and you're looking at Maiden posters, you're just like, what kind of like death music does this, <laughs> this represent, you know? But then you listen to Iron Maiden's music, and it's just it's just outstanding guitar work, you know. Yeah. And I just uh, I love the idea that you know you're listening to Pearl Jam and that you see this poster, and it's like you know it's the kind of stuff that you know highly 
you know, certain certain sects of our sects, S-E-C-T-S, of, uh, you know, religious communities might look at that poster and, like, forbid your child from ever listening to Dude, that band based on the it makes somebody alone. go, uh-oh, I'm into it. Because it's like it's, if it's provocative, I am down. And I yeah, guess we, but it, it's, it's not before. suggestive or provocative in all the in any of the wrong ways. I just think it was uh, it had a cool, um, you know, gothic medieval feel to it. So I always liked it. It um, you made me think of the um, L.A. 2013 poster where it was like the um, it was like the altar, you know, that black oh, and red right, the altar. Right, right. All right, so mine number three. I'm gonna go uh, back to 1998. And I'm going to go uh, down under to Adelaide. And it's basically like a carnival charlatan, carnival barker. Um, with oh, evil wow. Eyes. That made your top five. That's fascinating. This creepy dude. He's like, yeah, what is he? he says, Adelaide, Australia, March 7th, 1998. He's wearing like this, um, this, uh, you know, this top hat and this coat with these nice lapels and it has a little like um, a little flower on it. And the flower has an eye on it. And he's in front of like this big Pearl Jam alive, like, you know, um, curtain. And there's people like looking on and there's got like a little, he's got a little guy in the corner here, like a little clown clutching money. Like it's just so sinister to your point about like, you know, this metal vibe and like the ax and like Vikings, like this is sinister in a different way. Like, and he's got his hand to his mouth. Like, (laughs) you don't want to know what I know, (laughs) you know, it just, it, and this, there's so many colors the uses of the red and the black and the yellow. Um, it's just really, really cool. It blends the band's name well into it. It's a creative use of the city and the date as like a little speech bubble, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really, really cool. Uh, I actually had forgotten about this one until I was going through the book and uh, it's just, man, Adelaide 1998 guys check out the post. Cause it's, it's fantastic. I think. Nice. So what do you want? What I want to we're on two. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm going is, uh, oh. the show box, September 24th, 2004. It's a classic. Oh, yeah. That one's so good. Yeah. I think this was Brad, too, wasn't it? it I believe so. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a dove with an X over its eyes uh, being worn as a, almost like a cape or a skin over the top of a, a bird of prey with, uh, you know, uh, a belt of bullets and, and missiles underneath its wings. And it's, Brilliant! It's brilliant. It, it, it's just brilliant. Again, I mean, I, I have a great appreciation for these um, these these designs that really get you thinking. You know, the the ones that uh, just are are just beautiful standalone art pieces. You know, um, and yeah. and this particular one here um, really gets you thinking about the relationship between violence and peace, and uh, you know, the, the 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 prevailing attitudes and positions, and and the cost of it all, and. Uh, the snake's uh, tongue there with hmm. the bird too. I mean, it's the, it's, it's just a, a really, really well done poster. So. I like that choice. Um, 2006 had a lot of really good ones. The more I was looking into it, Oh, six crushes. All right. Top two here. Oh my goodness. Um, for me, the number two all time poster has got to be from East Rutherford slash New York City, 1998. It's again yeah. sinister. It's the guy with the with the Dick Tracy hat and the, and the yeah. trench coat, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, you want to buy a, a stolen watch?" But instead, it's a playbill 
for Pearl Jam at the nice. Garden and at uh, the where the hell, where they put the Izod Center, whatever it was called, Continental Airlines Arena. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals, uh, New York, two dates, East Rutherford, one date. Uh, he had a little cigarette with a, one of those crazy cigarette holders on it. <laughs> Real simple color scheme in the background, the blue and the green. It's iconic. Obviously, the fact that the Breath Show is the third of those three nights only emboldens how amazing um, this is. Obviously, when, when the show is great, it kind of just adds another layer to what the poster means. And um, I think this one, and it's the style of the animation is so unique. I've never seen anything like this before. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, 1998, the tri-state area. Great shout there. Uh, for me, I think uh, the number one poster. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm a, a big big fan of westerns, and Are you? Uh, this 2003 Lexington poster was. I was gonna uh, say that was a, a great sh- one. That was a the show. Duel? Yeah, I, 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 the first of all, the framing is absolutely perfect. Um, the mise en scene. I mean, it, it's it's a cinematic image, and it's a. Uh, Yep. You, you see this one, and mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the few times where I saw a poster, and I said, "I have to have that poster." Do you have it? I do. I have oh. that one framed. Yeah, it's it's a great, great poster. Uh, I think it it uh, if, if first of all, I love westerns, so that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, a big movie buff, so that big Pearl Jam fan. It just checks off a lot of boxes, and uh, it's just a great, great work of art. So, highly recommend that one. And there's also a beautiful um, other color variant. Uh, the orange Saint, one, St. Louis, um, was the same look but just different color scheme, which they, they've done a few times. I think they uh, a lot on that 03 tour. Um, yeah. I think on 06, they did a couple of them like that too. So, St. Louis is, was in my short list, didn't quite oh, okay. make the cut, nice. but like I except for everything you just said, exactly why it's just so good. Um, mine is going to be from a show. That it's probably for me my most wanted vault release. Mm. And after doing some research and talking to some folks, wink, wink, um, I don't know that it's ever going to come to light, but we have a beautiful um, poster from it. And that is from 1996, Randall's Island. The guy, oh boy. the enlightened fan coming out of the head of the drone human with bright Pearl Jam and light emanating from the cracked skull and skin. <laughs> I mean, fewer images in the Pearl Jam catalog of art surpass this for me as, as far as like things that snap into my mind. of Like, oh, yeah, that's a Pearl Jam legendary image. Um, I love it. It was uh, Ben Harper, the Fastbacks, Randall's Island, September 28th and 29th, um, 1996. I know some of you out there listening were at this show. I am incredibly jealous. I actually remember I was listening to this bootleg, the audience bootleg. It's it's fine. It's good enough for, you know, getting you through. And I remember kind of like looking up, like, what the hell is Randall's Island? Like, I'm from the greater <laughs> New York area. And I can't even think of what the hell that is. And so I did a like a Google Maps search. I was like, oh yeah, that that island that no one ever goes to that has like some random like football field with a track around it. Like they probably just put up like a a makeshift stage. We're like, all right, kids, go out to this giant field and then just play the show. <laughs> and, and it was an incredible show. And this this 
I love just the idea of this. Look how happy that guy is popping out of that drone, <laughs> unhappy person's skull. It's just great. And Pearl Jam's making it happen for him. Yeah. yeah. Ah, amazing. Speaks volumes, man. Yeah. An image. The, um, that, that uh, poster, by the way, was done by Ward Sutton um, from the Ames Brothers Group. The um, 98 New York and each other for New Jersey one was Christian Schultz with Ames Brothers. The Adelaide 98 one was Ward Sutton again. And what else did I have? What else did I have? What else did I have? Oh, I said Brad Clausen on the Toronto one and then Frank Kozik for the Houston 92 one. Um, I believe your uh, your number one was Christian Schultz as well. The duel. He had a lot. You know what surprised me? The amount of posters that I loved by Christian Schultz and the number of posters that I loved by Barry Ament. Hmm. Barry's designs were so... I was like, holy shit, that's Barry? Holy shit, that's Barry? Holy shit, that's Barry? Had no idea because it was all under yeah. the Ames Brothers, you know, uh, yeah, label, yeah, and, and Brad as well, whom who we've had the privilege of of hosting I mean, on the dude, show. You I know, think I have like I, four four of Brad's on my wall. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a, a testament to how art can be a a magnetic pool for art. You know, so yeah, and I know. Listen, none of these were shows that I went to. And I've, I've been on record as saying that I do my best to try and get a poster from every show I've gone to, just so I have some right. reminder of like a moment in time. I remember where I was there. I remember getting this, like it, that that's a little thing I like to do. I know a lot of you guys are like that as well. Um, I'm missing a couple I'm working on it, but these are so good. It doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm yeah. not going to try and go out and get them because I'll, that'll break my bank. But like, yeah. Yeah. if you have these, you know, and there are so many. On my on my list here that I didn't even mention, I mean, there's Milwaukee 2014, the blindfolded uh, red haired lady, um, Sydney 2003. It's that like that giant with like the film projector as a head. Like, there's all <laughs> so many. How about the 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 Paris Marseille burn Switzerland run in 06 with the George W. Bush Mad Lib head? Like, yeah, there's just yeah. so many, so many, so many, so many, so many good ones. Oh, um, we could I, do this segment 50 more times. Oh my god, easily. <clears throat> Any, anything else just missed for you? Just one or two. Um, the, the, what was the one with the dragons coming out of the, 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 the blue one that was on my short list oh, as Toronto well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Toronto one that was on my short list. Um, I liked the, uh, was it 94 tour? It's, um, I think it was the Amos brothers, uh, the piano and death Valley. And it was, it's, uh, Oh, uh, it was a world tour just announcing all the dates and it was, uh, 93 i guess 93 west coast fall promo oh yeah yeah, yeah. the 93 the 93 tour yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's classic to, for sure yeah, that was classic you know um there's a lot man we'd be here all night going over them yeah to be honest with you uh there's there's some good ones i was like the the, the frank kozik poster the oakland one with the cowboy with the eyes on top of eyes yes yes, uh, yes that yes. was always a good one too there, there's there's one. so many man i, I wouldn't was that calgary is that what you said uh no, I think this was Oakland actually. Oakland, that's right. He did another one of those Calgary later on, but yeah, yeah. Um, so. yeah, I'm not gonna name all the other ones I had on my list here, but there's so many, so many, so many good ones. By the way, if you guys can find, if you don't already have the Ames Brothers like Pearl Jam poster book, it's not just Ames Brothers posters, like Brad's in there as well. Um, it's pretty much like all the posters from 2007 and earlier. It's in all those images are in 
perfect clarity and there's like little descriptions and captions from the band members and the yeah. artists and it's 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 I a mean, great collector's eye. It's a coffee lost. table book of all coffee table books. It, really <laughs> it is, is. It is. And, and and you know what? For those of you listening, what is your favorite Pearl Jam poster? Because this yes. this is a conversation worth having. Let's do some predictions for the new tour, huh? Okay. Let's do. Let's do. Give me. Give me. Um. We'll do a few predictions, and I'm going to rattle off some uh, some fan some fan made over under. Um. Uh. I guess bets you could call them. So. Um. I'll, I'll open us up. I'll open us up. So a okay. prediction I have for this new fall tour, nine shows. I think there's going to be no more quiet opening set of songs. They're, they're, they might open with go. They might open with a slow song, but it won't be like that opening four or five song block where they kind of like ease into it. I think that was just last year. I think they're going to go back to normal. Okay. That's a good prediction. What do you think? Uh, I think we're going to hear. I think we're going to hear. Uh, my my gut says that we're going to get some cameos. We're going to get more cameos than uh, than we've had in the past. I think Pearl Jam enjoy getting back on on the road again after COVID, and uh, you know they don't have another album out. They're in the middle of recording one, and they're going back out again anyway. Yeah, and I, I think that they're um, they're these creative itches are being scratched in the studio and uh, they're enjoying collaboration. And my, my gut says that, uh, that they're going to want to invite some folks on stage, perhaps a little more often than they have in the past. I like that. Uh, well, they're going to be in Chicago, the third and fourth nights of this tour. Uh, they've been known to uh, get our friends from, uh, from cheap trick up out there mm-hmm. on guitar. Uh, speaking of Chicago, I think they're going to play black, red, yellow uh, in that city. Okay. One of those two nights. I'm just calling that one. I don't know why I feel it, but I feel it. That's I think they, pretty they, good. Play, they played that in 2016 with Dennis Rodman underneath one Edward Drummond better. <laughs> so I, I think I think that's gonna I think it's gonna happen. You got you have one more? Um oh here's a question. Do you think comes then goes makes an appearance? Well, funny enough, that was one of the um fan created um questions. So it, it was does comes then goes get played? Yes yeah. or no. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, me too. I feel like that the healing is not it. It, it, it it's happening, but I don't yeah. know if it's quite there yet. I agree. All right, so real quick, we're gonna go through your um, over under uh, bets. So okay. times, remember nine shows in five cities. Mm-hmm. Times alive is played over under eight point five. Nine shows. Basically, is it going to get played every show, or will there be a show where they don't play it? Uh, I think it gets played every show. So I'm going to go over. over on that. Okay, me too. Times Ed makes a Trump speech directly or indirectly, 4.5. In nine shows? I'm going to take the under on that. Under? Yeah. I'm going to take over. I think he's going to have some little remark about Trump in some way every show or nearly every show. Every show. Well, Just about. Okay. They're going through the Midwest. They're going through Texas. He'll make, <laughs> he'll make some Greg Abbott thing. I don't know. Uh, most songs in a single show, 24.5. Oh, uh, well, mm-hmm. what's the record? How, what, what was, um, was it like 30 I mean, something? Well, that's the record. But like last yeah. year, they weren't doing more than. They were in that 23, 24, 25 range. 
Yeah, I'm going to say there's only nine of them. So I, I think they've got enough steam to do one really long show, uh, you know, another Mansfield type deal. Right? <laughs> at, this, at their age, they can't afford and there, there's no new music. I don't think they're going to play any new music. So for one of these nine shows. Okay. I, I, you're, leading, like, you're leading me a little bit. But okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I, my guess is that uh, we get, I'm, I'm going to go with the over on this. Okay. I'm hoping maybe it's more wishful. <laughs> Most songs in a single show is 24.5. You know, I, I will also go over. I think maybe they'll do 25 or 26. Um, speaking of what you just said, number of gigaton songs played each show on average three and a half. Oh, I'll do the over on that. I, I, I could well, see. Well, you just said you're not going to play any new stuff. No, new stuff that they're Oh, the next recording. thing. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Okay. So yeah. you're going over on three and a half per show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one's hard for me because I think they're going to play like three a night. And so if they do that enough nights, I'm going to go under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, yeah, I'm going to go in honor of the late now Bob Barker. I'm going to go under $1, Bob. I'm going, I'm going under on my three and a half. Okay. Uh, times yellow love better closes a show four and a half. Under. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go five. Okay. Number of times Mike plays a solo with his teeth. Three and a half. Uh, they're going to have fun, but nine <laughs> shows, I could see him doing that once or twice. I'm going to yeah, go under. I'm going to go under too. Uh, number of times Porch closes the main set. Five and a half. Under. Under. God, it was overkill on this last one. It was. That's it would- why I'm like thinking maybe... I think a little less this time. Okay. Yeah. Five and a half is, is almost two thirds of the shows closed. I'll go under just barely at five. Okay. Uh, number of kids Ed will give a tambourine to two and a half. <laughs> oh man. I hope it's an over. <laughs> we'll go I'm, over I'm a, the hope. I, I'm, I'm going to say over just because I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, will stone sing a song? Yes or no. Oh, that's a good one. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I'm gonna say yes. Don't I don't know give why. Me no lip. Don't I don't give know me what no it lip. is. My my gut says we're gonna get something. Yeah. You know what? In the in the spirit of the last uh uh answer I gave, I'm gonna use hope and say yes. Stone right. sing a song. Will will we hear a new song? You said no. No, I don't I don't so. think so either. I think I think I think those days are beyond us. Um, will we hear a new cover? Yes. Ooh. Bonus question by who? Oh god. <laughs> uh man, this could go in a myriad of different directions. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't I wouldn't. I'm gonna go Tom Petty. Well who just passed recently? Somebody big. Um Chris Crisot. No, he's still alive. Uh, it, it'll. It, I think it'll be a cover of somebody who passed recently. That's a good. From, that's a good. That, that's my shout. Guess. Who the hell has recently died? Again, you guys are yelling at us through your headphones, and I can't hear you. But I'm sure that you're right. And so yeah. we'll go with that. We'll go with whatever the listener just said, <laughs> yelling at us. <laughs> All right. So that's those. Those are our real quick rapid fire predictions for this nine run fall 2023 tour. Uh, Great over under uh, questions there by the listeners. It was fun, right? Yeah. The um, if you're listening to this in the much distant future, like it's you know 2025 or something, or you know 
two weeks from now, three weeks from now, then uh, sorry we got this wrong, or yay, we got it right. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, we're going to get back to the usual business of things and get to our Lyric of the Week. All right, Lyric of the Week time. It's back, baby. And we are heading to the binaural sessions. And the song is Hitchhiker. You fool, do what do you think you're doing? So you lost my problem last night. Conductor says, offer my train be understood. Guess those relationships ain't my thing. Even if I could. Okay, Paul, Hitchhiker. Some people are going on a road trip this year, going yeah. to all nine shows. Maybe they'll be hitchhiking. <laughs> That's my segue for you. <laughs> but, but, but what do you make of, of this song? Uh, well, if you open up Lost Dogs, uh, apparently Ed has a little, you know, not apparently he does have a little uh, excerpt in there. Uh, he says, uh, nature has its own religion, evolution, baby, or the deer and the wild pigs run. There are plants along the trails that attach spiny seeds onto the legs of anything passing. Soon the plants are spread for miles. Ingenious. On a hike with my brother, we were covered from knee to ankle in these things. He called them hitchhikers. So, interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, th- th- this idea of like the parts uh, you know that that how how when you you go from place to place you know um you live your life you make your choices you wander sometimes aimlessly sometimes with very targeted direction and the experiences you have essentially attached to you you know like like little hitchhikers mm. some of them you remember indefinitely and some come and go over time um and i think you know that point is really underscored when you talk to some of the, the great folks we've talked to over the last couple of weeks who, who remember some stories with, you know, crystal clarity and other stories where it's like, Oh, I can't remember this. Or yeah, I forgot that. Um, so I, I, I can't help but wonder if, uh, you know, this song is, is, is really more about the passing of time and what we remember or, or perhaps what we, what we choose to remember. But this, this p- particular set of lyrics here, you know, you fool, <laughs> you know, this this accusatory beginning to a song. Uh, you're lost. My problem. That's not. Conductor says off my train. Uh, even if I could, you ain't the kind of person I would help anyway. I'm about to explode because I can't carry your load. Hitchhiker, go hitchhiker. Uh, you know, th- there's there's also the, the guest host relationship happening here mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Um, I don't think it's about romantic relationships. No. You know. I think it, it it's really uh, maybe an addendum to 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 some of the kinds of music we saw in the '90s, where you know, "Not for You" and and "Blood" and and some of the tracks like that. I could make an argument that this is kind of a song that that fits into into that bucket, but um, the liner notes from Eddie just kind of had me me thinking that it was really deeper than that. You know that that it, that the surface level was was maybe not not digging deep enough. So that's where I'm going with it. 
You know, I, I, I'm glad that you went that route because it's almost like a positive spin on what he's talking about there. Cause like, he's like mm-hmm. impressed by nature that it could use these little hitchhikers to help itself evolve and become and grow yeah. and, and, and yeah. You know, propagate. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's such a positive way to think about hitchhiking. <laughs> and mm-hmm. some, again, some of you may be, uh, maybe uh, hitchhiking out there for these shows. Uh, I'm going to guess that he was maybe being a bit sardonic and, you know, I think you're right. I think when he, when he talks about, or when you talk about not for you and blood and that, that ethos and that mindset from the mid nineties, I think this is, this is a cousin and you've got, you know, coattail riders, you got hangers on hitchhikers. They're called kind of in the same world. There are, there are some people in all walks of life that cannot live for themselves. That, that that cannot do anything on their own. And I want to be clear. There's a distinction between asking for help or simply receiving help along the way and this. In my opinion, everything everything is a community. No one does anything 100% on their own. From nope. government programs to loopholes, subsidies to the kindness of strangers or, or church groups or social groups or even private business incentives. Like There is help to be had. You know, one example of a, of a private business helping is, um, you know, I used to work closely with uh, the local soccer team here, the women's soccer team, Angel City Football Club. Okay. And uh, they're the women's soccer team here, the professional team. And they have a program where they help train their players for other careers after soccer. Like they, they pay for them to have like training or schooling on the side so they can, That's when important. they're done playing, they've got this second thing they can do. That's forward thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Mm -hmm. really, really cool. So even if that person like is a really good cook or they want to be a writer, they want to be a photographer, like their talent will take them to a certain level, but to have their business help them along the way, get that leg up, fucking brilliant. I love it. And that, that, that's the good way of, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, writing coattails or or something like that. Um, Everyone receives some sort of help in their pursuit of success. And, And I was surely, some receive more than others. You know, you have your 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 trust fund kids or your those rich, powerful, connected people, and those situations deserve their own criticism, and they're not all bad. But Ed, for me, isn't talking about those people here. You mentioned the lost dogs, liner notes, and I think it's true. But that's a plant evolution. You know, when when, when talking about people who bootlegged soundboard mixes of the band's early shows and sold those at record stores as bootlegs from Italy or, or someone who buys up all the posters or license plates at the merch tent talking about earlier, simply to turn these things around, sell them on eBay for five times the cost. Like these people are leeches, you know, Ed's brother called them hitchhikers. And that's what Ed's talking about for me in this song. And I, I think with the tour coming up, we'll see more of these hitchhikers. Unfortunately, the resellers, you know, those people that are exploiting the good nature of the band and its fans. And perhaps the band, could do more to stop it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, wh- where's the line of stopping resellers while putting too many unnecessary restrictions on the real fans? You know, we've seen things like um, ticketing the last couple of tours. You can't resell tickets in certain venues, and you can't transfer tickets sometimes. And of course, the negative side of the band getting a massive amount of fan club tickets in relatively low ticket costs is that Ticketmaster then gets to sell "quote unquote" PJ Premium tickets. For hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But again, that's another story for another time. Yeah. But you see, it's all kind of in the same the same pond. Yeah. Um, 
So let's continue with what Ed's talking about here, that these these kinds of latcher-ons. He's talking about those who latch on to the success of others and pretend to have done the work. He's talking about those who have not earned their status in life or their passion slash career. And I think someone specifically in this situation could be journalists who just want to make a name for themselves by doing a hit piece on the band and hoping the band's status will elevate their career. May or may not have been a book by somebody back in the day that may have served in that in that capacity somehow. There are many examples, and I think we could be here forever talking about all the ways people skip the line to success, so to speak. And and this, and while this is a fairly silly song in some ways, I do think the message is well made. You know, it's a, it's a rare B side that is almost never spoken about, but it certainly holds some value. And you know, we are at the the business end of our lyric and live cut journey as far as trying to tick off every song here. And so it's no wonder that Hitchhiker lasted this long. But again, like we said, Paul, I think there are a number of songs where on, you know, first or second listen, you're like, ah, Hitchhiker, like, really? Like, it's so silly. But you dive into it a little more like, what do you really say in here? Does he actually have something to say or is it just kind of like black, red, yellow nonsense talking about the bowls? Like, I don't <laughs> I feel like there's something here, and um, I don't know. I, I, is there more here? Am I am I completely overthinking this as I tend to do in my life? <laughs> I think that uh, there is more happening here. Um, now, which direction he went in? Whether it was the one I suggested, the one you suggested, or the most likely answer, neither. <laughs> yeah, it's just completely bullshit. Like, yeah, I don't. And having but, a laugh. Uh, yeah. I I don't think it was just having a laugh. I I I think that there was some some thoughtful meditation that went behind this but uh the cool thing about a song like this is uh, i think a lot of a lot of folks might regard it as a throwaway and uh who knows maybe after this podcast some of you will will pop that track on and say "Hmm, Hmm. let me open this little treasure trove and see what's inside (laughs) well let's go ahead and uh listen to the best live version of this bad boy in our live cut of the week Okay, live credit of the week of Hitchhiker. It's been oh. Well, our life has been made easy this week, Paul. <laughs> Your answer is the same as mine. Yeah, because there's only one. <laughs> it's been played <laughs> once ever. Paul, when was it played and where was it played? June 21st, 2012, Manchester, England. You fool.
well, there you go. That is Hitchhiker Live. <laughs> Chosen by default. I don't know. <laughs> it's the only song that's ever gotten here by default. Yeah. Well, it, well, the question now becomes like, well, you know, what was the impact of that song live? Why is it only been played once? Why was it chosen for that particular venue at that particular and time? Why, you yeah, know? why 2012? I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's a question we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to do a little digging and see if one day we can get around to, you know, this could be one of those funny things where it's like, you know, Ed invited a guy who does lighting to, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, to, to, to do part of the set. What song would you like to hear? I, I, I want Hitchhiker. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, All right. Fine. Didn't mean for that one to come out. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> We're feeling generous tonight here in Manchester. Um, yeah. Not much I can say about it. It's the live version of, of, uh, of Hitchhiker. Were you there? I know That's some of our European question. friends uh, like to travel. Uh, maybe you made it up to Manchester and went to that show. I don't know. Um, there you go. That's it. Uh, if you are headed out to the road, headed out on the road to uh, St. Paul, Chicago, Noblesville, Fort Worth, Austin, then have a great, great time. And do um, not hitchhike to get there. I wouldn't suggest it. I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, if you're going to the Austin shows, come and say hi to me. I will be there. I'll be wearing t-shirts with our podcast name on it. You can't miss me. I'll be the guy with the stupid, you know, bun in his hair and the, in the, in the podcast t-shirt. Um, come say hi. You know, this is this is all about the community. I love seeing people and saying hi. Like like back in April in Seattle, that was so much fun. And um, I know there's a few people uh, from the community that we know quite well who will be in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe our friend Stip will be down there. Uh, I believe our friend Tanya Kang will be down there. Uh, and many other folks uh, who are listeners, I know have already said they're going to be down there. So we're going to meet up. Um, there's something in the works we're making. I can't reveal what's happening quite yet, but we're doing something. We're going to try and do something. Um, I wish I could be there, but I can't be. So I'm expecting all of you to make me wish I had been there even more. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll open. Well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give too much away of what's possible, but not confirmed hundred percent. Basically we got to be there for Paul when the time comes. I hope you can all agree with that. Um, so with that, uh, again, if you could leave a review, um, subscribe to the channel, that helps tremendously. If you want to do a little bit more and subscribe to Patreon, links are everywhere. A lot of cool extra stuff over there. By the way, kudos to uh, Karen Tigerson for the uh, artwork design contest. She blew it out of the water. Her uh, Very, she- very popular and well-received design. Yeah, the, the, her take on the home and away. Uh, yeah, we loved it. That one out. Our patrons loved it. We love it. Um, it beat and, and and had tipped all of them actually. I, I, I was just gonna say I yeah. really enjoyed them. The the, uh, the shortlist that made it to the final round of voting was really good uh, and very much in the Pearl Jam uh, vibe, which is yeah. you know, what it's all about. H- a humble thank you to yes to these amazing artists. A, a big thank you to everybody who who designed and entered the contest um the the winning design by karen will be uh, a new sticker and a new mini pin so uh i will have those on my person in austin texas if you would like them come and find me yeah come and find me uh and i'll have t-shirts too if you'd like one 
Anyways, enough, enough of that. Enough shilling, Paul. God, <laughs> why did you make me do that? Uh, yeah, it's just too easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've got a great episode coming your way next Tuesday. It's an interview with somebody that, um, ooh, if you like live Pearl Jam, you know this name. If you don't, oh, you will know this name very quickly. It's Brett Eliason. Famed mixer, engineer, producer, Brett Eliason. Pretty much mixed every damn bootleg apart from a three-year span in the entire band's career. Kind of cool. Very cool. We sat down and talked with him recently. So that's next Tuesday. Mark your calendar, September 5th. Anything else, Paul, before we let these people go out into the wild to see Black Pearl? Oh, there's nothing I can say that's as, as cool as the announcement you literally just made, my friend. But... Uh just wanted to reiterate how grateful we are to all of you for helping us keep the the lights on of this very very uh you know humble endeavor of ours so we are we're thrilled to continue to be part of the conversation when we're not trying to facilitate the conversation and uh it's just it's 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 a labor of love so i wish i could be in austin with you my friend and uh i'm hoping like i said before that uh the community shows out and uh, you guys have an absolute riot act of the time. Ooh, I like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we will see you next week. And until we do, with Brett Elias, and you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Love and Trust.